guys, what's up? You are listening to Dead Parents Podcast, and I am your host, Samantha Lapierre. Um, wow, I received just the best feedback from uh, our last episode, and I... That noise is my cat scratching on her scratch post. Um, yeah, I received just like amazing feedback from um, Anna East's episode, and thank you. I'm so glad it touched so many people in the way that it did. Um, Anna East is just like the sweetest person I've ever met, and yeah, I thank her so much for sharing her story and for everybody who messaged me about it. Yeah, wow. So honestly, like, this is the reason why I'm doing this. Um, And I'm just so happy that it's given me the opportunity to talk to more cool people, including today's guest, Liz. Um, Liz came to me because I think she had seen my friend Kalanis's tweet about um, this podcast and she reached out to me and we chatted and we had this like super intense um, conversation and Liz is just like one of the most open people I've ever met. Um, So yeah, I'm like really excited to share this episode for you guys, uh, to you guys. Um, There is a content warning. There's definitely a discussion about drug abuse and suicide Um, so please keep that in mind. Please take care of yourself. Please don't listen if those things trigger you. Um, yeah, I'm also taking a hiatus because I am going on vacation. Um, big bougie problem right there, yes. But I'll be, uh, I won't be releasing a new episode next week and probably the week after. But then at the end of June, I'll be lining up some interviews And yeah, if you are a person who has a dead parent, or if you know somebody who has a dead parent, please contact me. Um, I'm still looking for a couple more guests. My email is deadparentspodcast at gmail.com, deadparentspodcast at gmail.com. And I'd love to hear from you, and let's try to set something up. And even if you aren't in Toronto, we can try to do um, like a Skype interview or something. And yeah... So let's get to this episode. As always, please leave a review if you are listening to me on iTunes. I'd really appreciate it. And it helps other people, you know, it convinces them to listen to the podcast, which is exactly what I want. If you like it, please rate the podcast um, however many stars you think is necessary. And let's get into it. Good. Um, let's just start this off right off the top. Tell me about your dead parent. Well, I have um, a dead mom, but I did not grow up with my mom. I was actually adopted by her parents, so my maternal grandparents. Um, they adopted me when I was about four years old. Okay. Um, my mom had me super young, like she was pregnant with me at 19. Oh, wow. And like the year I was born, she's turning twenty. Jeez. Um, so if she was still alive, she'd be forty-six. Okay. Um, so fairly young. Yeah. Um, and she was just kind of all over the place. So my grandparents were like, We will take her and raise her, she'll have a stable home, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um so she was like kind of in and out of my life. Okay. Um, mainly out of it, not necessarily in, which yeah. 
kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was raised by my grandparents. Um, they were, they came to Canada, I think about 45 years ago. They're from England. Oh, cool. Yes. Um, so I grew up in like little quaint British pubs in Barrie, Ontario <laughs> nice. with my grandparents. That's so neat. <laughs> um, yeah, my, uh, my grandfather was like very quiet, like wasn't very big into showing affection, that kind of thing, right. but did in like his own little weird way. Yeah. Like, would remember the things you liked. Yeah. Um, and when I was... 13, we found out he had cancer. Oh, my God. Um, he had esophageal cancer. Okay. So generally not something people come back from. Yeah. It's very rare that they bounce back. Right. Um, it was very quick. Um, we He was like 200-something pounds before that, always active, like in the garden. He worked in tool and dye, so nice. he's always doing stuff. Yeah. And by the end, he was, like, maybe, like, 130 pounds, Jeez. which is basically, like, what I am at a 5-foot-5, right. 20-something <laughs> yeah. girl. Yeah. Um, it was very depressing. Um, yeah, it just started as him not being able to keep down food. And then he finally got in to see a doctor, like, a few months later after doing the typical male no, I don't need to go to a doctor. Yes, yeah, stubborn. Right? I, I'm just, I just have the flu or yeah, something. Yeah, like, yeah, No big deal. And um, they were like, yeah, no, you definitely have cancer. Oh so, uh, like, I went with him for most of his, like, treatments out of town because the Barry Hospital is very small. And I think at the time they weren't, like, well-equipped for things like, right. um, like, I think it was, like, his radiology treatment and stuff. Okay. Like, he, he wasn't. They weren't overly equipped, so we'd go out of town either here to Toronto or, like, yeah. Newmarket. Yeah. Um, and I think between, like, the time he was diagnosed and the time he died, it was only about, like, nine months. Oh, my God. Um, That's really quick. Yeah. It was, like, we found out in the, like, it was just, like, just before I was breaking for summer or, like, just before we were about to go back to school, and then, like... He actually ended up dying the day after Valentine's Day, oh which is also 10 days after my birthday. Wow. So it's very hard to forget for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember him. He was going in for a surgery that was supposed to just, like, help with his end of term. Like, right. Like, it was just to allow him to eat. They were going to basically, like, eliminate his esophagus. Okay. And move his stomach up so that he could kind of enjoy right. his last. Yeah. Um, and it just didn't go very well. Um, I was unfortunately at home when it happened, but my grandma was in hospital with him. Right. Um, but I mean, like, I was there for the majority of, like, his treatments. Like, the nurses coming to the house. Um, I unknowingly sat with him while he had a stroke one day at home. Oh, my God. But, like, one time my grandmother left us alone to go get groceries. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was... That's a lot. It was a lot. I just turned 14. Oh, when, my goodness. Yeah, I was, like, grade 8 child Yeah. when it happened. Oh, my God. So, like, that's just, like, a lot of trauma to happen to somebody so young. How did you, like, cope with it? Honestly, I think I coped a little bit better than my grandmother. She yeah. was in, like, major denial, like, up until the end. Like, yeah. 
even when they said like if you have anything you want to do now yeah. do it yeah like, go on your bucket list vacations and stuff she was yeah. kind of like what do you what do you mean right whereas I think because I I don't know if it's just because I'm a little bit more realistic slash pessimistic. <laughs> it's okay sometimes, yeah. I was kind of like, no, um, dude is dying. Yeah. He looks like a skeleton and he can't, like he couldn't even swallow his own spit. Like, right. Oh how do God. you? Yeah. So I think I coped with it a little bit better than she did, but obviously it was still like a big life change. He was the breadwinner. Right. For the, for the house. So yeah. like all of. Like, we got, we had his pension and stuff like that, but yeah. it was a major shift in, like, how we lived our lives. Like, we still had our house, but, like, there was no real income coming in, right. and yeah. we lost all of, like, our health insurance, so, oh like, we God. only had OHIP, so right. I'm, like, a 14-year-old girl. Yeah. I need birth control and braces and Absolutely. stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It was a, a weird time. Holy shit. So, like, what did you guys, what did you guys do? How did you, like... How did you make money? Literally, I think we just had, like, his savings. Yeah. And I think there was a certain, like, amount that we ended up getting almost right. like a like a bereavement, something or other. Right. Um, and I know when I turned 18, um, I started getting his, uh, like, Canada pension. Right. So it went straight to me. So okay. I was getting, like... 250 a month up until my 26th birthday. (laughs) I know the way that works. It's like if you leave, I'm pretty sure if you like leave university, I left university when I was like, or I graduated when I was like 22 or 23. (laughs) And then they like, that's when they cut you off. Yeah. Which is like ridiculous. I actually have never left school. Damn. I keep going back (laughs) to school. So I got it right until the very end. But like it was... I got my last payment in January, okay. and then February, they were like, you're old, bye. <laughs> you're over this by now, You're old, bye. you do not Yeah. <laughs> Holy moly. Oh my god. Yeah. That's just like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, were your grandparents, were they kind of like parental figures to you in a way, or in their own way? Yeah, like I was very aware growing up that I was like the odd child out because my like quote unquote parents were elderly (laughs) and not as active with me um like it just felt a little different like especially when I'd go to friends houses and see them with their parents yeah just like the interactions were different yeah um I feel like my grandparents were a little easier on me in like terms of getting away with stuff right yeah um rather than like an actual like parent, parent. yeah, <laughs> they were kind of like you've you've been through some shit. We'll like give you some slack. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, good. And so you also mentioned that your mom passed away too. Yes, um, I mentioned like I was adopted when I was four. Okay. Um, she was like in and out of my life and would visit um, pretty often up okay. until I was like. I think it was in the fourth grade, so I was about like ten years old. Okay, and then she just stopped visiting. She stopped calling. Like it got worrisome. Yeah. Um, and I believe my dad was keeping tabs on her, but she was just kind of like out doing her own thing. Right. 
Um, so I was still like in contact with my dad, but he was just giving updates to my grandparents and stuff right. and being like, she's out doing this or last I heard she's on this side of the country yeah. or doing whatever. Um, and when my grandfather got sick, she actually found out from, she was at some like boating show in like Orangeville or something. Okay. And randomly a couple that my grandparents knew. Right also knew her and were like oh we're so sorry to hear about your dad and she was like what oh, she had no idea because my grandparents didn't know how to contact yeah. her and she hadn't been around in so long right she um she did end up getting into contact with us and she did come to see him and she yeah. was there for the funeral Good. um and then after that so that was when I was 14 after that I didn't hear from her again until like the Christmas I was 18 okay um, and she said that she had gone to rehab okay. and that she was like trying to be a chef or something. Yeah. Um, she had like, she, she had a lot of mental health issues, which we didn't find out actually until she had passed away. Oh, wow. Um, we were told about some of her like problems with the law and things like right. that afterwards through someone else. Um, but like, she'd always just been all over the place. Yeah. She was into drugs like she lived a very nomadic lifestyle she was all over the place right um she uh she worked as a a stripper for a lot of her life and it just brought her I mean I sex work is great no problem but for someone who like impulsively lives by the seat of their pants to the point where like it's harming them and others it was not the right place for her to be yeah um but yeah, when I was, I stopped, I never heard from her again after that one phone call when I was 18. Right. And then I was 21, I was living in Etobicoke, and I was about to start school at George Brown. It was, I think it was August 25th, and my grandma called me and was like, are you at work? And I was like, no, no, I just... Literally, you just woke me up. <laughs> and, uh, she was like, I need to tell you something. And I was like, okay. And she was like, your mom's dead. And she was like, I, I, she was like, I didn't know how else to say it. Yeah. And I was like, well, what happened? She was like, you were her next, of, like, listed as her next of kin. And my legal address at the time was my grandma's condo. Oh, shit. In Barrie. So yeah. they went looking for me there. Right. And they found her. So they told her, um we didn't find out right away what had happened but basically it was she overdosed um on a different a couple different kinds of painkillers okay um and at the time she was in a hotel with her boyfriend and apparently she had been clean for some time right uh, according to him yeah um I got, like, some of the details from the coroner, but yeah. he said, like, they couldn't tell if it was an accidental right. or it was, yeah. like, she meant to. Right. Um, I think probably it might have been something that she, like, I think she actually may have committed suicide just yeah. from some of the things her boyfriend at the time was telling us. Right. Um, like, she started to be overly affectionate with him, like, in the yeah. few days, like, prior to, which okay. can be, like, a sign. Yeah. 
um, just kind of just being a little odd. And the medication that she took, she actually stole from his father who was going through um, cancer treatment. Holy shit. Yeah, so she um, she stole, like, actual, um, like, codeine and things like that. And something had an interaction and she just stopped breathing. Right. And they were asleep. So he didn't, he woke up and she was yeah. dead in the bed next to him. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so that was... Oh my god. A pretty big thing. Yeah. Um, and we we buried her in the plot right next to my grandfather. Yeah. Um, so my grandma has a space above my grandfather and grandma grandma was like, I bought you some land and I was like, What do you mean? She's like, I have a place to bury you and I was like, Am I dying first? Oh my god. So she was like, Well you have a burial plot above your mom like where your mom's buried. I was like Oh so my much. god. So like I used to joke that I was like the only 21 year old who had their own <laughs> burial plot. <laughs> and you own some land. That's right? pretty cool, right? I don't know anybody who that is. I own six feet deep of land. <laughs> oh my god. That is like super intense. Yeah. It was holy shit. A lot. Yeah. Um Oh my god! So how did you cope with that? Because oh. that is like <laughs> the uh, the like the day I found out, I just called my work and was like, "I am see you later for yeah. next like week or so. Yeah. I have some shit to deal with." And um, I think I went through like two bottles of wine in the one day and just was like chain smoking and just needed to like sit and cry. Yeah, because it kind of felt like. For the longest time, I kind of made peace with the fact that, like, we were in contact. Right. Kind of always had, like, the hope that maybe one day she yeah. would kind of get her shit together. And yeah. maybe as an adult, like, we could have some sort of, like, right. form of relationship. Of course. So to hear that that was no longer ever going to be a thing and right. that she was really gone was yeah. almost, like... A second grieving point yeah after like already grieving for her as a child right yeah. having to do it all over again in like a final form yeah was very strange that's super intense yeah um oh my god that is like that's like so tragic so like how and that was like only a couple years ago yeah so she would have been it was actually a month and one day before her birthday she was born September 26th, okay. and she would have been 41. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, so young. Yeah. So, like, not having a relationship with your mom and then your mom dying, like, how has that, like, affected your grieving process, like, over the past couple of years? Well, at the time, I was 21, and yeah. I kind of just went off the rails. Like, right. I was drinking all the time yeah. and just partying and getting yeah. myself into, like, so many, like, risky situations. Right. Just, like, being like, let's take drugs from strangers and let's, like, not right. tell people where we're going. Right, <laughs> yeah. And all this kind of stuff. And there was, like, one particular night that I had, like, a really close call with someone putting something in my drink. Yeah. And um, that was kind of, like, my wake-up to be, you can't keep doing yeah. this. Like, this is not the healthy way to do this. Right. Um, and I think I was actually, like, 23 when I finally stopped oh, drinking. Oh, Okay. Um, so I've been sober for, like, three whole years. Congratulations. Which is That's terrifying, amazing. but also really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, because both of my parents have, like, substance abuse issues, okay. and I know myself, like, I am, I loved to drink so much. Yeah. Like, it was just 
ridiculous. Yeah. And, like, I've had little, like, lapses here and there. Yeah. When it's been, like, too much and I just felt like I couldn't breathe. Right. But, um, no, it's very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So, I mean, like, all that loss happening at, like, a young age, um, how have you, like, you have, like, you speak about it in, like, a very, like, open way. Was it always that way, or? Um, I don't think so, no. Like, my grandmother was never super open with it, um, after my grandfather died. Like, we were both kind of shut off in our own little... Right. She was doing her thing, and I was doing my thing, being, like, a very shitty (laughs) 14-year-old. As those 14-year-olds are. Not caring about anything, and whatever. Um, but I think as I've gotten older, we've gotten closer and been able to talk about things. Um, like, I talk to her on the phone multiple times a week like I go to visit as often as I can like we're very very close yeah um and I just feel I don't know I just feel like there's no point in not talking about it yeah she at this point is like pretty much the only family I have I stopped speaking to my dad um just because he's involved in some things I really can't like condone myself right and other than that, I have an uncle that we see maybe twice a year, okay. and the rest of our family still lives in England. Right. So yeah. I really just have my grandmother yeah. left, yeah. so we're as close as can be. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, I did have a question. So, like, how much about your mom did you know, or, like, are you, like, trying to find, like, more information about her, or, like, how, how does that I knew a little bit about her when I was growing up. Like, I think around, like, just, I think when I was maybe, like, 12 or 13 or something, my grandparents finally were like, your mom was a stripper. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. I have, like, memories of us, like, memories of me, like, putting on stripper heels and walking around as a child. Right. Like, not yeah. very. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Most yeah. kids did not no. have eight-inch <laughs> heels on in front of the mirror <laughs> when they were children. Most. Yes, that's true. Um, but I was like, this makes so much sense. And um, I was very, like, angry at her for a long time when I was a kid just because I was like, well, why isn't she here? Like, moms right. are supposed to be here. Oh, absolutely. And I didn't realize that, like, she had her own things going on. Yeah. Um, after she died, we actually found out that she was diagnosed with borderline personality. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And since, like, talking to my grandmother, it makes a lot of sense to her as well. Right. Because she said that she always felt like my mom didn't really have, like, her own identity. She was always trying, like, trying ones on and just right. kind of did her own thing to the mm-hmm. point of, like, being impulsive yeah. And that kind of thing. Just she was all over the map. Yeah. Um, and we only, she, my mom only found out that she was borderline, like, a few years before she died. Oh, my God. She, um, she actually had, like, an episode where she pulled a knife on someone, and she was under a psychiatric hold, and that's when Holy shit. Yeah. they finally were like, there, there's actually something we can help you with. Oh, right, yeah. Um, but, like, it was very late in her life that she found out. Yeah. Um, and I don't, like, I think if maybe... There was more like mental health help when she was younger. Her life would have been different. Yeah, less mine would have been different. Right, or I might not be here. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, so like I tried to find out as much a- about her as I could from like yeah. my grandma, and then I spoke to my mom's boyfriend at the time for like a couple of years after yeah. just finding stuff out. He gave me some of her stuff. That's really which nice. was really nice because I didn't have anything. Right. Um, cause I didn't grow up with her. So like, it's not right. like I had anything left. 
Um, so I have some of her stuff, which is nice. Um, but yeah, we, uh, me and my grandmother, I actually was my mom's second born. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. She, um, she had a kid, I believe when she was, I think she was 15 or okay. 16. She hid the entire pregnancy from my grandparents until she went into labor. Holy shit. It was the eighties and baggy clothes were in. <laughs> and, and she was one of those women that like carried more towards her spine. So like right. she just looked like a chubby teenager yeah. to my grandma. And she's like, now that I know, like it makes sense. sense so yeah. She's like, she did very well at faking the whole yeah. thing. And, um, she put the, the kid up for adoption. Okay. And recently me and my grandma have put in like the paperwork to see if like he's open to okay. finding out who his mom is. Yeah. We haven't heard anything yet, but we're still kind of... Yeah. I'm not, like, overly optimistic. Right. I'm not really, like, hanging on to this. Yeah. It would be nice to know, like, how he's doing and how, like, yeah. he grew up versus me. Right. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. Holy moly. You have, like, a lot of uncertainty in your life. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> oh, my God. And you're just, like, such a warm person. It's really <laughs> sweet. Do you talk about this a lot to people, or is it, like, something you're open about, um, or... I mean, you're on this podcast, so, like... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I try to be. I just... Yeah. I don't think hiding it really is conductive. I find, like, it's a big part of who I am. Right. So, it makes more sense to people when they know. Yeah. Um, and, like, I... Like, the my schooling background, it's all in counseling and social work and stuff, so cool. I find if I don't deal with this yeah. how do I deal with other people's problems? right absolutely yeah yeah I like encouraging other people to like get hope for their problems yeah too right yeah um oh my god this was like super intense <laughs> in like a really like good way yeah um do you have like advice for anybody who has like gone through a lot of loss in their life I mean I feel like people are going to do their own thing at first and yeah. find their own ways to grieve, yeah. whether that's harmful or not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, it's so hard to tell someone how to... Absolutely. How to have their grieving process, because everyone is so different, and it's it's just... Yeah, it's like your own thing you have to go through. But I do think that everyone, once they kind of... Their head clears and everything kind of settles. Yeah. Um. I would definitely suggest seeking out, like, professional help. Absolutely. Um, Last year, I did um, group therapy at CAMH, um, which I found really helpful. Um, I have, like, a lot of anxiety about the future for very valid reasons. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) But, like, it was to the point where I couldn't, if something went wrong and I was like, oh, I don't have a job, like, I wouldn't just be like, okay, I will go find another one. Right. It was like, I'm going to go live in a box under the gardener and right. die. Like, there's no other, there's no there's problem like a, solving. Right. It's just like, yeah. this is the end of my life. Right, right, right. So it was really nice to go talk to some people and get some, like, coping tips just That's because cool. yeah. it's, it, you can't really do it all on your own. Yeah. And to you, is grieving, like, an ongoing process for you? Yeah, um, I don't think it's something that ever really ends. Yeah. I think it comes and it goes. I think the first few years, it's, a, like, especially hard. Yeah. It's it's so fresh and so new. Um, and I think sometimes, like, as we get older, we start to forget things. Like, I can't really remember my grandfather's voice. Right. Which, when I realized that, was so upsetting. Yeah. So it was almost like 
grieving for another part of him. Absolutely. And then, like, just certain things. Like, I lived in an apartment that had mold, and there were a few things of my mom's that I had to get rid of because they were moldy after she passed away. And it was just, like, bucket loads of tears, like, trying to get rid of, like, these stupid jackets I'm never going to fucking wear. Yeah. But, like, they were hers. Like, how do I throw these out even though they're covered in mold (laughs) and will probably kill me? Yeah. It's the emotional attachment, right? And, like, I'm not attached to any other items in my life, so it was very interesting. Yeah. And, like, birthdays are still weird. Yeah. Anniversaries are still weird. Right. I remember, like... I remember the day my grandfather died more than I do his birthday. I know it's in August, his birthday. I have yeah. no freaking idea what day. Yeah. That's, That's like, kind of, yeah, it's not funny. Because it's, <laughs> it's the same for me. Like, I remember, like, my mom's death anniversary. Yeah. But, like, her birthday, I, like, forgot her birthday this past year, and I was, like, so upset at myself. I was, like, yeah. how could you possibly, like, why, you know, it's, like, this one day, like, how could you forget it? And I feel like because, like, a death anniversary, you're, like, you kind of, like, replay, like, the grieving, yeah. right? It's, like, you're kind of, like, reliving the thing, and yeah. that's why it kind of sneaks... It doesn't sneak up on you. Sometimes it just happens all at yeah. once, you know? And your, like, brain can't let you forget it. Yeah. It's, and it's, like, arguably probably one of the worst days of our lives. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't think it's something you could ever, like... No. It's, like, burned and seared into your brain. Yes. Like, which is so depressing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't remember the day my grandfather was born, but I know when he died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can recall that at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, no, it's very strange. Like, even my grandma now, we go, like, on his birthday to go, like, drop off some flowers. That's really nice. Because it's close to the time that my mom passed away, right. slash, like, her birthday is yeah. in September. But because my grandfather's, like, death anniversary is in uh, February, my grandma used to, like, She's 75 now. She yeah. just turned 75, but 60-something-year-old woman, like, would march up to <laughs> march up to the cemetery and, like, dig her fucking way into his grave because he's, like, so badass. in. And she'd oh, be like, shit. I have to leave flowers. And I'm like, it's February 15th. I think you can chill. <laughs> Those flowers are going to die. I, that is badass as hell. And, like, there was one year where I was like, you're not digging. Like, the snow is as tall as you. You're only 5'1". I was like, just give me them and I will run through the snow. I have more body power than you do at this point. (laughs) That is adorable. Her determination the first few years was absolutely hilarious Yeah, that is so sweet. (laughs) That's so loving. I love it. It's like, I have to get to my husband. And I was like, he's not going anywhere. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure he appreciates the flowers a lot. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But still, um, oh my god. Do you have, like, anything you want to share or anything, anything else? I mean... This was, like, wow. Yeah. I mean, my it's, it's um, when I say, like, all of the things that have happened to me out loud, yeah. I'm kind of amazed at the fact that I'm still here. Yeah. Um, just because it has been so much. Yeah. And, like, I've had other people say the same thing to me. Like, they're, like, how are you still standing? Like, right. how are you still a, a sane person who's yeah. kind of actually able to be open and, yeah, and talk about, and it. Talk about yeah. things and not be, like, closed off and completely their own little shell of a person but I I just think that being as open and as honest about it with yourself and other people it's the only way to really 
get past the worst of it at yeah, least. Yeah, absolutely. And other people can appreciate it and like learn from it. I think that's like yeah. the most important part. Everyone sometimes. is so different, but at least seeing how other people deal with things. Yeah. Like this podcast is great for people. Because, yeah. I mean, everyone will lose their parents at some point. Yes. <laughs> Undeniably. Most, I hate to say it. Right? Yeah. Eventually, yeah. you will probably bury them. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> my only other advice is do not feel bad if you are someone who laughs at funerals. Because I am. <laughs> and I remember laughing at my grandfather's funeral because my mom and I couldn't figure out how to, like, lower the, like, knee rest at the church. Like, oh, the shit, things. yeah. And my grandma shot daggers at us with her eyes. I thought <laughs> I was going to get beaten when I got home. I was like, oh, shit. But then when my mom died, we had an officiant, and he just had the weirdest monotone okay kind of almost like a lispy okay voice yeah and I just I could barely hold it together and I could see my grandma doing the head shake yeah yeah you're doing this again (laughs) don't fucking do it I was like I can't cry I'm just laughing yeah I was like I'm so sorry it's not funny yeah but like right now in this moment right now it's the funniest thing that ever happened to me I love it oh my god (laughs) Wow. Jesus, thank you so much. No problem. This was, like, really cool. You're very sweet, and you're very warm, and you're just, like, (laughs) a nice ball of energy. So, like, thank you. I mean, if we can't laugh about it, I'm just going to cry forever. (laughs) (laughs) That is what I should have named this podcast. Thank you so much. No problem. Clouds are hanging low. I was hungry, but now I know. Don't expect too much. Dead Parents Podcast is hosted, written, and produced by me, Samantha Lapierre, in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Our theme song is written by Kevin McLeod, and our beautiful logo was designed by Marielle Kelly. If you want to say hi, you can reach us at deadparentspodcast at gmail.com. Stumble